0: All right, everyone, since we are a man down today, it will be Sammy St. Jean and myself, Don Fusco, um, heading the podcast tonight, and we are actually going to start with an interview um, with Vince Champion, so we're going to hop into that right now.
1: Complex is something no coach or athlete wants to deal with, which is why every team aims to keep schemes and execution simple, so success is easy to achieve. That's the game plan used by the Grazer right here in Carlisle. Simple ingredients that are fresh, healthy, and above all delicious. Healthy, not boring food that is not just good, but good for you. Made from only the healthiest and simple ingredients. So come in today and enjoy a great meal made simple at the Grazory. Located at 156 West High Street, Carlisle, PA.
0: Welcome back, Red Devil Sports fans, to another episode of the Speak of the Devils podcast. I'm Don Fusco, alongside Sam St. Jean. Sam Glavin, unfortunately, will not be able to join us tonight. However, we are joined right now by Vince Champion, one of the voices of Red Devil Football. Vince, welcome to the show.
2: Yeah, hey, thanks a lot, guys. How are, you, how are you doing tonight?
0: Doing well, doing well. We, uh, yeah, so we're very grateful to have you on the show today. Uh, we just wanted to ask you, first off, I wanted to ask you first off, um, how did you get into broadcasting and how did you end up uh, in the booth over at Biddlefield?
2: Yeah, so um, it, it's kind of a long convoluted story, uh, but you know, I've, I've loved football and sports for, for my whole life. Uh, and uh, my wife, Heather, a champion, I worked at Dickinson for a really, really long time, Um, and, you know, I've gotten to know a lot of folks, um, not only in the academic side, but the athletic side, and I think uh, at one point, um, you know, I was just talking football um, with, um, I think it was Justin, and and Justin was like, oh, you know, you're interested in uh, helping the broadcast, and I said, absolutely, so um, that's how I got involved, and I have been enjoying it ever since.
1: Well, I do want to ask too Jay about your knowledge of football. Where did your knowledge, particularly of football, come? Because I've also this year I know you've done play by play for us as well, but this year going to hear you in the color commentary role. Obviously, you have a lot of knowledge about football, so where did that come from for you?
2: So yeah, so I played football my whole life, um, and um, you know you probably don't know this about me, but I um, I went to law school after after college, and um, you know I football was pretty instrumental in my life. Um, you know it it kind of kept me on a straight and narrow. You know, I come from, um, you know, like a single parent home. My mom was working a lot. Uh, but what she did to kind of keep me in line um, a little bit was to say, look, if you want to play football, you have to make sure your academics are pretty um, well taken care of. So, um, you know, that that was basically my foundation. And, and I love football ever since and I graduated from law school. And I, and I wanted to give back um, to, um, you know, like local youth sports because it was so instrumental in my life. So I coached for years. Um, I was head coach and then I coached at high school, um, you know, and, and, and that's how I developed the knowledge, um, at least about coaching. Uh, and then I, I read um, a lot of stuff about football um, I, um, and, and I'm always just trying to stay up on trends. and um, I just love the strategy aspect of the game.
0: That's great. I was just curious, you know, we know you now as one of the voices of, uh, you know, the Dickinson football team. Uh, however, what is your, what do you do full-time? What do you do, you know, your nine to five, uh, your work life, like who is Vince Champion outside of the booth?
2: Yeah, so I, uh, I'm i a lawyer uh, in, in Carlisle uh, and I, I have my own firm uh, right across the street uh, from from the courthouse um, and in town. Um, so uh, that's what I do. I, I practice law, I, I help people, um and hopefully, uh, successfully resolve their legal problems kind of give them counsel uh, and um, you know my, my specialty frankly is uh, representing uh, school districts so I, I um, am imminent around uh, educational uh, entities a lot um, so that's that's really rewarding and helping school districts provide uh, educational um, you know, services to, to students in, in need.
1: So this one's kind of a joint question. First one is where did you go to law school since we might skate by that one by accident? Um, And the second one is we kind of talk about this here and there, but how does your sports background transition to your professional life? So I kind of want to ask your football and or other sports that you played growing up, how have they influenced you in your professional life and your law degree and and how you're using it now?
2: Yeah, so um, I went to two law schools. So I um, have my JD, which is, you know, basically um, three years of law school, I actually went to law school four years, I was um, kind of masochistic and went to law school at night while I worked during the day. Uh, and then I have an additional degree uh, from Temple, um, which is a specialization in, in litigation. Uh, and it, it's really a good question, right? Because a lot of people, um, you know, it's like this age old debate, you know, what, what are the values of sports, right? Um, and in terms of how it is that you can transition, um, like what you learn on the field uh, and in competition, to the work world, and and what I will tell you is, is um, I, I ran track um, in in college. Uh, I didn't play football, uh, but one of the things that um, would happen to me when I ran track, right? So I ran the four hundred, which is you know, once around the track, and I used to get so nervous before the race, and. Uh, what would it happen? I was being a started block and I could hear the, um, you know, the starter say set and I kind of get up in my blocks and i would like, oh, Vince, you could false start, you know, I have to run the race, right? So uh, I run the race uh, and I confront that fear, right? Um, and ultimately I, I, I do well and, um, you know, keep doing that. And one of the things that sports has really taught me is one, to confront, um, you know, those anxious moments that you have, right? And to really kind of trust in Um, your skill set and your training. But but the other thing is like the knock back down to challenges, right? You have challenges, you push through them. Um, Everyone has challenges. You're not always going to be successful, uh, but uh, sports have really uh, been instrumental in helping to to confront those sorts of things. So that's, that's how I, um, how I uh, address it. Uh, But the field of law is extremely competitive. Uh, You know, clients want you to win, uh, particularly uh, from a litigation standpoint, where you're in a courtroom. Uh, So you know, that competition as well, you know, not shying away from competition and working really hard, not wanting to lose. Um, all that is um, derived from
0: sports. So did you always think that you were going to be going to law school postgraduate or, okay, Yeah, I see you shaking your head. Yes, yeah, So it yeah, seems no, like that question. was always part of the plan.
2: Yeah. So I, um, I literally talked about this the other day. Um, so I went. Um, I grew up outside of Philadelphia in a town called Media, and uh, as elementary schools do, they take uh, students on school field trips. And Media is the county seat, so there's a courthouse like three blocks away from the elementary school. Uh, so we went to a um, a field trip to the courthouse, and I had no idea what a lawyer was. Right, I didn't really know what a judge was, um, and like, once I was exposed to that, um, I was like, this is what I want to be, um, like, from second grade, and maybe like you, um, or maybe uh, like some of your classmates, I came into um, college, like, thinking I just wanted to go to law school and kind of set the path um, to go to law school, but then I became exposed to, like, so many different areas of um, you know, academic rigor, like, so many areas that I had no idea that I had an interest in and then I started to second guess whether or not I wanted to actually be a lawyer because there's so much other stuff out there uh, so I had to work through that um, so I did always want to be a lawyer I went to college I got a little wishy-washy on that and then um, then I decided I want to go back to law, go to law school.
1: Um, so this kind of mimics a little bit my last question but obviously tying together your, your work here with Dickinson in the booth and your work as a lawyer do you see any of those any way that those two jobs overlap for you in terms of skills, um, abilities or anything like that, whether it be the public speaking aspect or anything along those lines?
2: Yeah. So uh, one of the primary ways that it overlaps is that, um, you know, being able to think on your on feet. Uh, so um, I always kind of share um, with young attorneys uh, when they're trying to prepare to go to court. Um, you know, they think they can prepare for everything. And in in court, I always say like something's going to happen that you didn't expect, right. Or you didn't think was going to happen and being able to uh, address that and think quickly on your feet um, and to advocate strongly for your clients is really important. So uh, my ability to think on my feet in the courtroom transfers to my ability, hopefully, uh, to think on my feet when um, seeing what's happening on the football field, because it's the same thing, right? So many different things can happen on a play, uh, things that you don't expect to happen, and, and being able to, to, to talk about it and comment on it, um, you know, that, that's, that's certainly transferable.
0: What advice would you give to any, I would say, younger student athletes in college right now so i would say like the ones who are undeclared undecided or even the even the upperclassmen who still seem you know on the fence about what they want to do um because you seem like you know you had a pretty set plan of what do you what you wanted to do and you know things kind of worked out for you but what would you what advice would you give to someone who maybe you know doesn't have as clear of a path line for them yeah that,
2: that's a great question and what i would say is that um Yeah, that's okay, right? Um, I I, even today, um, you know, what forty eight? I think I forget how old I am now. I think I'm forty eight or forty seven. I I I learn something every day, right? And I learn something about myself every day. And um, you don't always have the answers, right? Um, So I wouldn't be, um, you know, super concerned about not necessarily having like your path. Um, What I would say is, is that um, as you're trying to figure out um, where you're going to go and what you want to do. Uh, you wanna make sure you keep options open. um, And how you do that um, is you uh, excel academically, right? So you you pay uh, close attention to your studies, um, you work hard and you make sure that you keep your grades um, up uh, because then when you finally get to the (laughs) point where you're like, oh, I wanna do this, um, you're you're in a better position because your academics will uh, provide one, the foundation and maybe even open doors uh, for you to pursue um, like an interest. So uh, how that really works in life is that, let's say you didn't know <laughs> that you wanted to go to grad school, right? Maybe you come into school and you just think you just want to go um, and get a job right out of college. Um, and then you go and then you experience like an academic area and you're like, oh, you know what? I think I want to go to grad school and study that. Uh, but you don't realize that until later um, in your college life. So uh, you know, by working really hard, making sure your grades are Um, you know, as good as they can be, um, will allow you to actually um, take advantage of that uh, later decision um, that you want to see.
1: So I kind of wanted to go to a little bit back to your education with your first degree. I mean, obviously Temple's not a liberal arts institution, but where uh, exactly was your first institution? Was it liberal arts? And two, do you think if you had attended, if it wasn't a liberal arts institution, that would have helped you with that wishy-washy period or would it have made it worse? because I think that's also kind of the impact of going to a school like Dickinson is you have so many options in front of you. It kind of ends up making it difficult to choose and also gives you a lot of options. So there's a little give and take there.
2: Yeah. So I went to Shippensburg. Um, Shippensburg is, um, it's a liberal arts college, it's not um, like Dickinson's, it's Shippensburg's a state institution. Um, but I think you're right. Was it like information paralysis, right? You get all this information and you don't even know where to start. Right. So, uh, I think it's kind of part and parcel with just being a college student, right? Um, you're you're certainly um, not the same person that you were when you walk through the doors at, at Dickinson, right? You're you're maturing, um, you're having all kinds of experiences, you're meeting people from different parts of the world, right? And that all is having an impact on who you are growing to be. So, um, yeah, I, I I think that I would have had a wishy washy. Um, you know, thought process, uh, no matter where I went, because of all the experiences that colleges offer, and, and particularly a college like Dickinson, right? Do you have anything
1: else?
0: else?
1: I'm good. Yeah, so I mean, <clears throat> excuse me, I was going to ask you more directly to your broadcasting. This was kind of going to be my last question. So I, this summer, got my first opportunity to really Fill that color commentary role, and I know you've done a little bit of both here. So I kind of want to ask you one: which do you prefer? And uh, we'll make sure Justin here is what you prefer. But uh, well, uh, just also too about the differences between the two roles. More specifically, getting the chance now to talk to a broadcaster on this podcast.
2: Yeah, so I prefer color commentary um, because I love to talk about strategy. I like to talk about what I'm what I'm seeing. I like to try and predict what they're going to do. Uh, so I like the color commentary. Um, you know, as for play-by-play, um, I think that's quite difficult, frankly, because you're, you're narrating what you're seeing. Um, you have to have a really good sense of um, where the players are, who they are, um, and action ha- happens pretty quickly, right? And then you have to do a really job, good job of like, not only just narrating what you're seeing, but then passing it uh, smoothly over to the color commentator. Um, so I actually think color commentating is easier than uh, play-by-play. What do you think? Do you think so?
1: I, I mean, I think play-by-play, it, it honestly depends on your partner to a certain extent. Um, this summer, I was in a three-man booth, so color commentary was really hard because you're, the play-by-play guy, he can kind of just defer, and then you have to know when the other guy's going to jump in, so I think it kind of depends on your, your circumstance, because the three-man booth we had the other guy was kind of leaning towards statins and then it was a baseball broadcast. So I had some baseball experience. So I tended to jump in on circumstantial stuff, kind of talking about the predicting aspect of like what their strategy is and all that kind of stuff, but learning each other and where to bounce in. It's kind of a give and take a learning process. Certainly.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I have a couple of questions for you guys. Uh, okay. Yeah. So um, how about you? What, what's led to your interest um, in, in broadcasting?
1: Me or your Dom first? Uh, whatever, whoever. You go ahead, Sammy. Um, So, I mean, I played sports consistently throughout my life. As far as I can remember, I started in P ball and uh, I think five-year-old five, five soccer. I, was, I yeah. was a demon demon on the pitch uh, back in the day. <laughs> I love it. Um, and that was the only year of soccer I ever played, but here I am at Dickinson broadcasting a lot of soccer. Who would have thought? Uh, <laughs> but as far as... Baseball being my kind of main niche niche, I kind of found baseball throughout since T ball till now and got the opportunity to broadcast it the summer and just being around that sport has always just been fun for me, regardless of whether I'm doing. And I mean, I even have a side project I'm doing for our baseball team now. So it's just kind of gravitating towards sports in general and then finding, you know, that sport and what I can try and do to stay involved with that sport for the longest period of time. Yeah, great. Yeah. So
0: I, I obviously play a sport here. I play football. So I'm kind of the, my falls, I'm, I'm not as involved in RDSN in the fall, which, you know, I I'm grateful to be able to do doing this podcast now, but uh, in the past I've gotten to the chance to do a lot of basketball, both men and women, and then lacrosse, both men and women. Um, but, you know, I, I thought that I at one point I thought I wanted to have a career in broadcasting, maybe in my mm-hmm. in my younger in my younger years here, maybe my uh, my freshman or sophomore year. Um, whereas now I've kind of found that I I want to go into the kind of private sector, personal training, and um, you know uh, nutrition side of things um, in terms of athletics. Uh, but the thing that I've always loved most about uh, you know being behind the mic is is just that people are. Are interested in the game, but like they're also interested in, in like what you're saying, and, and you're kind of like telling a story be, beyond what's going on. So it's like you're bringing the game. Like people can just watch it. You know, a lot of schools have broadcasts where they just have the game going, but like you know, to be able to do it at, at D three at a D three level, I think is really cool. But you know, you get to give your take on you know who they are off the court or off the field, and um, yeah, you know, just thing things that people that are watching or listening might not know. So I, I think mm-hmm. that's a, I think that's a really cool aspect. And I think that's a advantage that being at a smaller school has is like, yeah, y- you know, the kids more than if it was at like a big D one school. Yeah,
2: so um, I, I have one more pressure for you guys, but uh, just a comment. So I, I um, when I'm watching football, some people don't like to listen to the announcers. I love listening to the announcers. It's like it's an integral part of, of my enjoying the experience. Um, so, so that resonates with me, so why Dickinson, why, um, and, and um, you know, why Dickinson, and um, tell, tell me about your journey a little bit.
1: Um, all right, so mine was, so I went to a uh, private um, boarding high school up in Massachusetts, around 45 minutes from where I lived, and I knew I wanted to get away from New England, but not too, too far necessarily. I still wanted to be in driving distance should a family matter or anything like that arise something along those lines, it's semi-driving distance. Um, so I kind of was looking around New York a little bit um, and then Pennsylvania a little bit towards DC considering a little bit. Um, and then I visited a lot of schools in Pennsylvania, including FNM or, uh, or Sinus, uh, Muhlenberg. Um, and every single tour I had except for Maya at Dickinson was torrential downpours. <laughs> everyone except for the one I had here it was a torrential downpour. So, and I play ba- played baseball my whole life. So I'm extremely superstitious. Um, so that was the first <laughs> thing. And the second thing is I actually met someone who was in RDSN who told me I could do this when I was visiting. And mm-hmm. I had ambitions to try and walk on baseball. They didn't work out at the time. So I was like, okay, this is a fallback option. If I can't walk on baseball successfully, I have this fallback option where I can immediately get involved in the broadcast. And there was a pre-orientation stuff like that so that was kind of in the back of my mind plus obviously with financial aid and uh, my grades and stuff it just kind of evened out as well with the school so um, just kind of made sense and a little superstition involved for me
0: yeah that's great yeah for me I uh, I knew I didn't really know I I was I visited some schools and went to some camps um, for college football but I didn't necessarily know that I wanted to play until my until we lost in the playoffs in my senior year. And mm-hmm. um, Coach Quatron, who is now the um, head, head athletic director at Dickinson yeah. now. Yeah. No joke. I know. Me, yeah. He called me the day after um, we had lost and, you know, was just telling me, you know, what he had been following us for the great season we had and um, you know, that, that he, that they were still interested in having me here. So once I was able to, I had gone to a camp over the summer and I loved it. And so just, I, when I was like, you know what, I'm not sure if I want to play or not. And then the next day when, when Coach Q called me and uh, you know, I was able to get back on campus for a visit, do an overnight, uh, it just felt different than the other schools that I visited. It, it just like there was a more of a sense of community. Um, and it didn't seem like super clicky. Um, you know, it seemed like everybody knew each other um, in a sense. So I don't know. there was just something about it, like in my gut that was just like, you yeah, know, this is this is where I, I need to go.
2: Yeah, that's awesome. So um, I have a request for you, Dom. Um,
0: Next game, I'd like to have a pick, please. Sure. I'm I'm, I'm doing my best. I'm doing my best. All right. I appreciate it. Thank you. you. I got you. I'll I'll, I'll point up to the booth when that happens. I appreciate it. Thank
1: (laughs) you. All right, right, Vince. Thank you very much for taking the time again uh, to come on. Appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, guys. Have a good one. Thanks, Vince. You too. Healthy, not boring. That's not just the motto of the Grazerie, but it is also their promise to you. Visit the grazery today and indulge on fresh Mediterranean-inspired salads, sandwiches, and soups, among other great options, on a menu that serves both breakfast and lunch. Eat in or take out. No reservation needed here. So hurry on down to 156 West High Street, just yards from the campus, and enjoy a fresh and feel-healthy meal today.
0: Okay, everyone. hope you enjoyed that interview with Vince Champion. Very interesting interview. It was... Unexpected, he asked us a few questions, kind of reversed the script on us, which was cool. Um, I always like those questions with, uh, or those interviews with a little bit of twist on them. So right now, I'm going to kick it over to Sammy. We're going to kind of go over some Dickinson sports over the past week. It was a big weekend in Carlisle, a lot of stuff going on. um, And, you know, Dickinson Athletics fall season continues to chug on. So Sammy, why don't you kick it off?
1: I'm we'll start with last Friday, uh, just because that was the full parents weekend is when it began. It started with field hockey, who lost 2-0 to Washington Lee. Then uh, women's volleyball away, at like coming picked up a 3-0 win there. Uh, They're kind of getting back on a roll, Hit a little slump in the middle of their schedule, but getting back on a roll. I know they had another win um, on Tuesday, a 3-0 against Catholic. But back for the weekend, football, obviously you know about this one, picked up the bucket with a 34-3 win. Um, and then there was a soccer doubleheader against Haverford, the opening of conference play, uh, women's soccer with a comeback win. They were down one nothing, one two to one. Meg Day had a race, so she got two goals there in, uh, in that contest. And then men's soccer, they hosted Haverford right after. They lost three to one in that contest. Dr. Um, about Catholic uh, women's field hockey on Wednesday, eight to one game against Rowan. Uh, wasn't an ideal contest uh, for them They're, Men's soccer was supposed to play Wednesday against Lebanon Valley. That got canceled. And then uh, women's soccer had a 2 nothing win against Arcadia. So I guess first we'll, we'll talk about the bucket and we'll talk about uh, football's big win uh, last weekend. Yeah,
0: we took care of business 34-3. to three. Uh, I was honestly pretty annoyed that we let them get that field goal at the end of the game. Uh, I wanted to shut out and I think we could have hung easily 50 on them if we would have, um, you know, if, you know, whatever it is, what it is we got the bucket 34 to three um, that's five years in a row against Gettysburg, always good to beat them. It was great to have a ton of alumni back this past weekend, giving us a lot of support. Um, Gettysburg's always a fun one. And to do it in front of fans again, like it, it was just awesome. So just, every. It, all, all is right in the world when uh, when Dickinson beats Gettysburg at home and uh, retains the bucket. So um, it was cool, too. A lot of the young guys were able to get in at the end of the game and, you know, experience what it was like to play in a rivalry game. And, you know, for half of our team, that was the first win um, that they've had as a college as a college football player. So um, just really cool experience. Um, and, you know, we're looking forward to having we got a big game against Susquehanna this weekend, which honestly has become a big rivalry for us. Like we do not like them. They do not like us. Um, 2018, they beat us in overtime on a field goal. And then last year they beat us, uh, 21, 14, uh, they had a pick six, the end of the game. Um, that kind of sealed it for them, but, uh, we're looking ahead to that one. We have a really good game plan and we are confident. Um, so we're going to go up to Sealands Grove and take care of business this weekend.
1: And so, also football has a couple teams that aren't on every other co- like a uh, centennial conference schedule, so it's a little unique. You guys have some uh, mm. some beef with some schools that no other team okay. has any issue with at all. Um, but last thing on the bucket, um, obviously, if you win 34 to 3, you had a lot of things going in your way. Um, but I'll get, I guess, I'll kind of just get a brief answer from you. What do you think was the biggest reason why you guys had such a dominant one? I think up
0: front, we just dominated. I think that there are our defensive line is, is very good and <clears throat> our whole, our whole front seven is, is very good. Um, so I think, you know, they were really just no match for guys like Brian Snow, Neville Kruger, you know, Jaden Cruz, Sam Muller, you know, all those guys up front, Griff Lundquist, you know, like we we're, we we're just bigger and stronger. And then our offensive line was just paving the way for, you know, Deontay ball had a great game, um, ran the ball a ton. Uh, we were able to get the, throw the ball downfield Caleb Pruitt uh was his first start and he looked really good so I just think we won up front which made everybody else's job a little bit easier and just execution like just like I talked about that in the past it was like we we just lacked like uh, execution so you know if we can just do that um we we could be a dangerous team
1: for sure all right so we're going to move to the two games that I at least got I was at the first half of football and then uh, filling the Justin Farrell role uh, over the weekend I headed over to soccer to go set up there and uh, they had their doubleheader against Haverford so I was over there I didn't broadcast the first game but I broadcast the men's game uh, the women's game was definitely not how you'd expect the first half to go I mean Dickinson women's soccer they're kind of turning into a perennial powerhouse to a certain extent here it's blood a lot especially in the centennial conference and Haverford, they were doing a run for their money early. It was very back and forth, very even, but Dickinson had possession. They just had difficulty in that final third, pushing into the box, trying to get clean passes. They were, looked a little bit, um, maybe a little chaotic, kind of forcing it to make Tate a little bit early on, um, let alone chin up with both of the goals at the end. But um, it was it was just a matter of them, finding or cleaning up that, that finishing work there on, on that, on the edge of the box in, in their final third. And, and once they figured that out, it was two quick goals and it was kind of their game after that. Um, and then with the men's game, they had a similar issue. I mean, they were making good progress at the field um, competing well in the midfield for the most part. Um, obviously they had one player. Um, I want to say his last name was cool. Bali who was giving them a little bit of trouble it Was creating a lot of space for them, especially um, in their own offensive half, but Dickens, they're close. They're really close. And I, I'm rooting here, obviously, for push for to get that, get that win, um, for this program. They're very young, a lot of, a lot of guys still learning and they're adjusting to coach boys, new formation and everything like that. But, uh, they're hoping for good things for them on the horizon. Uh, they're, they're, they're coming a long way. They battle against some tough, um, ranked opponents and now out- conference opponents as well. So, uh, we'll see them at home in a little bit. And, uh, did you have anything else from games this past week or we just jump right to uh, upcoming weekend?
0: Yeah. I mean, you know, unfortunately I've don't get to see anything else besides my own games. So, um, you know, I try to read the recaps on all of them, but yeah, uh, in terms of soccer, I know that women's soccer is just on a roll right now and uh, you know, men's soccer, they just, they're playing these, a lot of these teams really hard, but, and obviously um, you know, new coach, new schemes, there's just going to be a lot of adjustments, a lot of, learning curves right there. But, uh, you know, that's the, the fortunate thing about soccer is you, you got a long season. You got a lot of games. So, um, you know, they've got some, they've got some really good upperclassmen on that team, some good leaders. So, uh, you know, I think, uh, as this conference play rolls on, they'll be all right.
1: Uh, last thing I actually did get to 10, I went to golf in the morning, wasn't there for the full contest, but, uh, <laughs> they finished second. Uh, the team was the men's team that played, uh, this past weekend, women's split team plays this coming weekend. Um, we'll say that sport is extremely fun to shoot. I was taking pictures for them in the morning and it was a blast. You have so much time to set up your shot, uh, but it was a good time. And when I showed up, there was foggy too. So it just looked really cool. Um, but Peter Alon, uh, Torno, they both shot 69s and uh, a couple of good days, uh, low seventies for the rest of the squad. So uh, they finished second, had a, uh, had a good day. It was a beautiful day out on Saturday. So certainly a good one for golf and, Looking forward to the women's this weekend. I'll be taking video for them, but um, they're one of the few teams that are in action this weekend, starting with field hockey. Um, they're going to be uh, playing Muhlenberg at home. And then uh, so is women's volleyball. They'll be playing Muhlenberg at home. Obviously Susquehanna for you guys um, away. Uh, Dickinson for women's soccer and men's soccer will also be away at, uh, but this they'll be at Ursinus. So it'll be at 4.30 and that's seven o'clock start for them away at Ursinus. So uh is the game's looking forward to this weekend. Down the Bears. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, you, you say it's, uh everything's at peace when we're beating Gettysburg, but it's pretty much just any team in the Centennial Conference, to be honest.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it's getting back into conference play. You know, the beginning of the season, uh, I mean, for us, we get one out-of-conference game, but it seems like everybody else gets, like, a good amount of out-of-conference games. Um, so... You know, obviously, it's good to get back in the swing of things and and, and get those those of League games done. But you know, once you get into conference play, um, you know, no matter what team you're on, you see that uh, that you beat. You see that one of your you know one of the other teams on campus, you know, they they got a they got a conference win, it makes you feel good. You know, always it's always good to see uh, see the red in the win column.
1: Oh, absolutely. Uh, I think that's it for me, and uh, we'll we'll save a uh, a debate we had lined up for this weekend around uh, colleges and college rivalries for next week.
0: Absolutely, sounds good.
1: So that'll be it. Sam Saint Jean with Dom Fusco, and as always, roll does.